Here's something I've been loving on my run lately. Curex. Curex is a leading over-the-counter insole that is highly customizable and provides dynamic arch support. Visit curex.us and use code AMR15 for 15% off. Curex, your body will thank you too. Welcome to AMR Answers. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. Uh, and this is Dimity McDowell. I'm I'm uh, I'm down to my knees. My up to my knees have melted, Sarah, because of the heat. So I'm a little bit shorter than I was last week. Um, still okay. taller than most people, probably. Still taller than most people, right? Right. Oh my How- gosh, August with a capital A. Holy cow. <laughs> We had 100 degree, almost 100 degree weather in Portland last week, which is exceptionally rare. Yeah. I remember when I visited you there, it was Mm -hmm. in the 90s. It was hot. Yeah. 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 I'm just not a hot weather person. And I know, I mean, I'm lucky in that, uh, fortunate in that um, wildfires, I know that they're flying. I mean, California is crazy. Colorado's crazy. I mean, Mm -hmm. and then we've got two hurricanes. I mean, I'm just like, okay, can we just like... (laughs) Put like a nice bookend on August and like get to maybe some calmer, at least weather. Come on. Like I know we can't control a lot of things and we definitely can't control the weather, but. (laughs) A lot of stuff's coming at us, huh? A lot of stuff is coming at us. Although, yes, yes, yes. (laughs) So, um, so I did something new. I talked about it. I'm pretty sure last time on answers that I told you I was going to go swimming in the mighty Columbia river that divides Oregon from Washington. Yeah. Fun. How was it? Yes. So Molly and I went, um, I guess that was now a week and a half ago and it was definitely better than I thought it was going to be. Good. Um, and, but my goodness, like you can look at a river and think, oh, it's pretty calm. Awesome. That's great. And you get out there and it's like, whoa, whoa, there's a wave. There's a wave. <laughs> it's just kind of this, like kind of bobbing like a cork the whole time you're swimming. Yeah. And, you know, I'm used to swimming in a, um, you know, a pond that used to be a quarry. So that, you know, occasionally there'll be a little light, very light chop if there's a wind, but not too often. And so it was definitely unusual. And also then to have a current. And so, but it was kind of, there's, um, did you point and, to point it or did you, um, or did you come back up against the current? Went back and forth because got there and it's, um, a beach where people, you know, pay to park and we got there at 845 and it was borderline crowded by 845 in the morning. That was one of the days it was supposed to get to be 100. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like still be lounging at home at 845 people. You know, like you kind of forget that some people are really up and at them to go, you know, lay on a beach or sure. play in the water. And I'm like, wow, you got what else you got planned for the rest of your day if you're doing this at 845? So, um, so there were definitely a few other, you know, quote unquote, serious swimmers there. And they were, they, they do not have air quotes. The, there was a set of women who were just booking it. And so they both had, um, swim buoys as we learned to call them last time, Dim. Uh And, and Molly has a swim buoy, but I do not. And, um, they kind of came upon me. Like I turned to breathe and I could tell that one of the women was a little bit startled by me. And then, it's um it's not an inlet really but there's kind of um a bunch of um pillars that uh, at one end it's almost like a wall at one end and then a bunch of pillars at another so it's maybe 
I don't know, um, 500 yards long, maybe, maybe not quite that long, maybe 400 yards long. And so that it seemed like the thing to do is to swim back and forth between those. And so when they, I got down at the end, one end, I had gone, um, upstream first and when got to the turnaround point for that, they were, were about to start going again. They were like, yeah, I totally didn't even see them. And I'm thinking, mm-hmm, it's, it's a her, uh-huh. That was me. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> so Their goggles must've been a little fogged up. They didn't see her full body suit. Yeah, yeah. So, and it was, but uh, gosh, it was, even though we were swimming. Oh yeah. Well, we were swimming East at that point. The river, um, runs East West. So we were swimming East. And so it was just blinding. You couldn't see barely anything. It was just like, okay, I hope I'm going, you know, not going too far out into the river. Um, but there wasn't all that much vegetation that you could see. Didn't really run into anything. Didn't see any, um, wildlife, let's say didn't see a fish, um, (laughs) because there are sturgeon in the Columbia river and sturgeon are, have you ever seen a sturgeon, Dim? They are not small fish. And they I do are. believe they have teeth. They're, exactly. Bing, bing, bing. Um, yes, they are quite long. They're very prehistoric looking. Yeah. Um, they have teeth and they're in the Willamette and the Columbia. And But they're also bottom dwellers, which I realize people who know their fish are probably yelling, Sarah, they're bottom dwellers. Don't worry about it. Um, but there is still, it's always just any, anytime you're near anything with teeth, it's <laughs> like, oh, just a little. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I hear you. I hear yeah. You. So, so would you guys go again? So while Molly was gone camping, car camping this weekend, I mentioned it because then that means that I was left to make the decision myself. And I had her leave. She loaned me her swim buoy and I just wasn't feeling it. So yeah. I went for um, a bike ride on Saturday and um, a nice run yesterday. So, yeah. So, but it's not out of the question. We have to kind of see what our, um, what's happening at our pond, see how kind of murky and yucky because the heat makes stuff grow, obviously. So got to see if it's got scum, a lot of scum on it. Sure, sure. Scum's a deal breaker. Yeah, I hear you. We went um, paddle boarding the other day, uh, mm-hmm. Friday at Terry Creek uh, Park, which is the one right near us. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, I swear the water was like a bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> and it's green anyway. Um, I took my, um, I took my, uh, uh, my niece, who's almost four, and um, and my nephew, who's uh, second seven, and the niece is a little. She's a little scared of water. She's she says she's allergic to sharks. So <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so very, you know, which is i.e. Um, aunt. I'm scared of, of of the water. But anyway, she's like, this is like Moana's water. It's green. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yeah. where's the rock? Where's Dwayne Johnson? <laughs> <laughs> it's green and bath water. But I mean, it was still refreshing-ish. But yeah, it's just, it's just, it's everything has a little bit of scum on it these days, right? So does she sit on your board while you paddle? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're oh, big enough. To, both of them can. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, that's yeah, cute. and they jump in and out depending. I mean, everyone has a life jacket on and yeah, mm-hmm. they can jump. But Jenna... Um, the four-year-old isn't, isn't too keen on jumping in. We, mm-hmm. I kind of helped, helped her jump in once. And that was the end of that. No, mm-hmm. I know you like it. No, you like it. I'm like, okay. Right. <laughs> how deep, explore. how deep's the water? Oh, it's, I mean, it's a big, it's a big lake. I mean, um, oh. yeah, yeah. I mean, there's like power boats on it and jet skis. Oh, and so it's not at, um, the Cherry Creek, the park that's kind of in town. 
Oh, like that, that's, that, yeah, that's the river that you're thinking about. Yeah, this is a Cherry Creek State Park. So the Cherry Creek oh, Trail yeah. is the one that you're thinking about that you can run next to. And that mm-hmm. goes by the um, the Platte River and um, I guess the Cherry Creek River. I don't know. Yeah, because I was about to say, because when we did that um, Facebook or Instagram live for the from the Chrysler Pacifica, we were in that park, weren't we? The, the, oh, we were in Wash the, Park then. Wash Park. That's what yeah. I'm thinking of because that thing, I would not want to go. Oh gosh, no. Paddle. Oh no, 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 no. No, that's like a, that's like a thumbprint of a pond. No, no, no. <laughs> that's this what I a... thought. And I was like, wait, that's like basically a fountain without a fountain in the middle. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, this is a big, I mean, it's not a huge lake by any stretch, but I mean, like, yeah, like I said, people, you know, jet ski and I, I wish that they, I'm going to make people that have jet skis and, and motorboats mad, but I like a quiet, um, Oh yes. A non-motorized lake personally. Yeah. Well, that was also the thing with the river that at one point, uh, um, a motorboat came in to shore and then, you know, it makes kind of that gas smell, yeah. you know, gas exhaust smell all over the, and I was like, Oh, I don't want to get caught up with that. So yeah, the, because the pond that Molly and I swim in, there's no watercraft is not allowed. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a place for everything. Don't, don't, don't get mad. Don't send us emails. It's okay. I like boats. I like jet skis. It's just when you're on a paddleboard, it's, it's not quite the same. Yeah. It's, different. Be, it's, it's not apple. It's not apples to apples anymore. Yeah. You want to be, you want to be the uh, top of the food chain when you're yeah, out there. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, this first question is from Taylor in Virginia. Hi, this is Taylor from Virginia. Um, I'm training for a goal half marathon in fall, uh, mid-October, and I'm actually using your uh, Own It half marathon plan from your Train Like a Mother book. And I've been adjusting my runs for the heat. Um, It's not too hot in Virginia, depending on when I run. But um, also, the thing I've been struggling with is having to adjust for how I feel on a given day. And I'm concerned that if I make too many uh, adjustments or compromises that um, I won't get the finish time that I want. So um, just needed some advice on when to uh, when to push myself and when to pull back based on how I'm feeling on a given day. Thanks. So thank you, Taylor, for turning to Train Like a Mother, our second book for your training plan. That's awesome. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the coach that we had... Um, design all those plans, Christine Hinton out in Maryland. Um, so for each workout there is, as Taylor knows, but, um, there's one workout per week that's marked with a water bottle and that's the one you must do. And then there's one marked with a coffee cup. That means you get to bail on it. And Tim, you and I thought long and hard, what should be the little <laughs> icon for bailing? And, uh, we decided, Oh, you know, because back then you maybe chill at a cafe instead of running. And now, you know, you, you stand next to your Keurig and, and make your own cup of coffee. Yeah. Or you get, or you go through the drive-thru. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, yeah. So that, that's that. Um, um well, so, um, so obviously, um, you know, uh, first of all, I hope Taylor that you get to run your race um, in October. I mean, it sounds like you have a race, a real race in mind, which is great. Maybe it's a socially distanced race, or maybe it's something, or a virtual race, whatever. I mean, it's it doesn't matter. I'm glad that you have a goal and you have mm-hmm. a time goal. And those are two things that will get you up in the morning, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so there are certain workouts, especially. I mean, you know certain workouts that go through every plan, right. Um, that are really important. I mean, it's hard because, um, it's easy to say, I'm not going to care about the easy runs, but the easy runs are just as important for recovery and building your base and building up like ligament and tendon strength and keeping you injury free. 
-hmm. And then, um, and then all the other ones like hills build strength and speed, obviously speed workouts, build speed, long runs, build endurance. I mean, and, and then, and then because she's doing the own it plan, um, Mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's going to be harder. So that probably has some race pace miles and that kind of thing. So, I mean, you know, coming from me, middle child who just thinks that like moving forward is important right now, I would say adjust as need be, especially at the end of August. I mean, I know you said it's not too hot in Virginia, but it's August. Like it is still really hot. And then the, um, you know, the good news is is as you head into fall, you get all this kind of, I mean, I kind of call it free speed or I think of it as free speed because Mm -hmm. running just becomes easier right? Mm-hmm. With, as the temperatures mm-hmm. drop and the air becomes crisper and you get a little spring in your step. Um, so personally, I would say, you know, you, you know, stick to the plan, stick to it most of the time, but don't worry about it too much. So I do want to point out that Taylor, that being on a plan, like own it, because in train, like a mother, the book, there are the finish it and the own it plan. So, you know, um, so the own it plan, like our crush it or our obliterated plans in our online train, like a mother club means having to commit to putting in the work as it's written, that that's kind of, um, Taylor, you've already stepped up in your mind to own it. So now you got to kind of own some of those workouts that (laughs) (laughs) you can't just talk the talk. You got to, you know, run the walk. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, uh, you know, I have followed several of our own it plans. I have been fortunate enough to follow several of our online plans and, you know, it sometimes sucks to have to do race pace for four miles late in a long run or two, two mile tempo sets in one run. But, you know, that's how you're going to get stronger and faster, which is how you hit that goal time. So if you really are grasping, you know, have a really firm grasp on that goal time, that's you're just going to have to put on your big girl pants and do them. Lace them up, sister. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I mean, I was just about to say that, like, how much does the goal time mean to you? That's that's Mm -hmm. really at the end of the day what you need to decide. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then go from there. I mean, just thinking about you talking about those workouts and I can always, I always flash back to my, um, race pace miles when I wanted to go, gosh, now I can't remember. No, I can't even remember. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it was two hours and a half marathon. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. It was under mm-hmm. two hours and a half marathon. It was after I had, um, gosh, was it, it must've been a meal. Ben? Yeah, because when Colorado Springs, it must have been Ben. I don't I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> at I some point in your life, <laughs> at some point in my life, I remember this very vivid run, but it was like 8 miles at race pace. And it was mm-hmm. I was coming up to do the Denver Rock and Roll Marathon. I know that very well. I remember mm-hmm. that very well. And I mean, Ben was born. It was it was definitely after. It was. I think that was 2012 because that's when we um got our first picture with Kara Goucher. Was yeah. right when you did uh Denver Rock and Roll. But I don't think you were there. Um, because it was, I did, I remember driving up from Colorado Springs with my friend. Oh, okay. Well then that was before we were in business because we didn't have the business when you were in Colorado Springs. Yeah. 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 Anyway, I I remember those. I mean, I was just like, I remember looking at that workout and just feeling sick to my stomach. You know, Mm -hmm. it's the kind of workout that you have where you're like, you think about it all week, even though you know, you shouldn't (laughs) be thinking about it all week. And you're like, Oh, I don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you are trained enough if you're following a training plan to, to, to execute it. You are, you know, if you've done the majority of the work and are injury free and healthy and all that, you can do it. Um, Mm -hmm. and then it feels so good to get it done. And then Mm -hmm. it makes race day. I mean, I just, I flew under two hours. I mean, I can't remember what I did that day, but 
you know what it was? It was right before um, we did the Nike Women's Half Marathon that year. It was oh, right okay. Run Like a Mother came out. So it was 2009. Gotcha. Um, because then I think I ran like a 155 in Denver, which was, you know, well below what I wanted. And then I came into San Francisco and I think I ran like a 153 or something. And then I got really cocky and I was like, okay, well now I want to go into 150, which never <laughs> happened. But, um, but uh, anyway, the point is, is that I set myself up for really good races because of the hard workouts as you yes. did, as, mm-hmm. as you, as you can too, Taylor. So again, mm-hmm. like how much does it mean to you if, if your goal is going under a certain time and that's going to be how you define success on that half marathon day, then yeah, let's, let's rally and let's go. Mm-hmm. Um, and definitely do your strength. Do, do, do your strength. Do not skip on the circuits. I can't remember actually. <laughs> now that I say that, I don't know that we put strength circuits in the train, like a mother club. Train like a mother book. I don't. Gosh, yeah. did you, Sarah? I'm thinking. I, you know what? I, I have one right here. I'm going to look at it as we talk. But if not, head to the train. We're going to put in the show notes. Train like a mother YouTube channel. There are six circuits that are really, really good, and they are free and available to everybody. And Taylor, I want you to do them. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Very good. <laughs> and we'll take like uh, eat some fish oil or something so that we can remember <laughs> our times better and what God, year it was, what's included in our book. <laughs> yeah. No, no strength training in the book. So that's, um, we must've been like what in our mid thirties and very like carefree, like, Oh, who needs to do squats or clamshells? <laughs> right. Right. You've converted since then. You've, you've, you better come to Jesus with a uh, strength light. training. See the light on that one, yeah. <laughs> I recently started wearing a new model of running shoes, and I really like them. Then I substituted Curex Run Pro insoles for the flimsy factory insoles, and my feelings for the shoes switched from like to love. Curex insoles provide flexible support with just the right level of rigidity. Before, the shoes felt a tad bit sloppy. Now I feel at one with them. Curex is a leading over-the-counter insole that is highly customizable and provides dynamic arch support, whatever your arch height. Curex Run Pro insoles are available in three options, high, medium, and low. They have a thin, non-bulky profile, yet deliver maximum support and comfort. I'm no longer putting in marathon training miles, yet as a middle-aged runner, I usually have some body part or another talking to me. Yet this morning, as I was pulling on my running clothes, I realized I'm currently 100% pain-free. Knock on wood. I think running on Curex insoles is a big reason. Try Curex insoles for yourself, risk-free, today. The company offers a 60-day warranty, even if the product has been cut to fit your shoes. Visit curex.us and use code AMR15 for 15% off a pair of Curex insoles. That's C-U-R-R-E-X dot U-S with code AMR15 for 15% off. Curex.us. All right. This next question comes from Cherie in Hebron, Connecticut. Hi, Demody and Sarah. This is Cherie calling from Hebron, Connecticut. I'm a mother runner of two boys, ages seven and four, and we recently rescued and adopted a dog. Um, And that's actually what my question is about. He's a one-year-old hound mix, and he recently was cleared um, to go running with me, and he loves to run. And I was wondering if you or anyone else had any tips for getting started running with a dog. Thank you. I love your podcast. 
Oh, we do love a good hound dog. I hope that he howls as much as Banjo does. I was about to say, where's Banjo howling when you need him? I know, I know, right? It's so <laughs> funny because I take him on a walk and everyone's like, oh my gosh, he's so funny. He's so cute. And I'm like, yeah. And when he does it like 20 times in within the hour, you know, <laughs> when he does it once, it's very funny. But, you know, when you're constantly with him, it's like, <laughs> all right, Banjo, let's tone it down. Anyway, you've, yeah. you've, ta- you've talked about running with dogs, right, Sarah? We have. Yeah, we did an entire episode on running with a dog. So, Cherie, I recommend you listen to that after this episode. It's episode 226 from early September 2016. And it featured this great guy who was a professional dog runner. Like he was supposed to, you know, take them on walks, but he would, he was a big ultra runner. So he would go on runs with them. What was his name, Sarah? Do you remember? <laughs> I, do, I do not, but I've seen him twice since then. Remember he was the guy that I saw, I was at the Brooks, um, like. Showroom. Uh, yeah. Show, yeah, the, it was, yeah. At the Brooks kind of signature store, uh, flagship store. That's what you call that. I don't go to stores anymore. Um, and, um, and he's like, you're Sarah from another mother runner, aren't you? And I'm like, yeah, how'd you know? He's like, oh, I was a guest. And then I think we ran into him at the running event, that trade show. Oh, uh, we've sure. definitely run into him again since then. That's so funny. Yeah. So he's either still don't know his name. Or... <laughs> time, still don't know his name. Right? So I don't feel so bad about not remembering. This. Right, right, right. So um, we're going to share some tips and they're from the American Kennel Club. And so, Sheree, you've already met the first requirement, which is having a breed that is well-suited to running, whereas, in contrast, my French bulldog, Augie, with his signature short snout, is not a running dog, and I didn't want a running dog. So, um, you know, it's good to, to get the type of dog you want. There you go. There you go. So a couple of things. Obviously, um, you're going to want to have good walks with him before you run. Um, you know, loosely walking is the like signature that you have your dog under control, right? That you're not water skiing behind him or, you know, you're not pulling him. He's not pulling you basically. Um, he Mm -hmm. is nice and right by your side, which Mm -hmm. is a lot harder than it looks. Let me tell you (laughs) back in the day when we, we did some obedience classes with Banjo, Ben and I did. And, um, I was like, and during the second class, the -hmm. teacher was like, so from now on, Anytime you tell your dog to come, he needs to come. I'm like, mm. oh, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, you know, like you need to, you need to like establish that, like you are the master every <laughs> single time, which is, I get it. It's just super time consuming and can be very frustrating. Um, so um, anyway, so that's that. So, I mean, I, I have run with my dogs, um, Mason, you know, he's too old to run now anymore, but um he, you know, I would water ski behind him basically for a while. And then once he kind of um, stopped pulling because he got tired, then he would run beside me. Mm-hmm. Um, Banjo, basically he pulled the whole time. Um, <laughs> the few times I ran with him. Um, so yeah, if you do have, you know, so if you have a good walking relationship, then I've, use, most of the time, then your dog is going to stay on one side of you and not crisscross in front of you. The leash obviously can be an issue. Um, mm. Although some people have those... Um, leashes that go around their waists. Waist, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they seem to like those, so that might yeah. be something to look into as well. Yeah, yeah. So, and I guess, um, Dim, this this would be another question for you, but you're supposed to establish cues for various speeds and stopping. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> this is next level. This is 200 level <laughs> dog walking, dog running. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I guess when you're out on a walk and you want to get your dog to run, um, or, or if they stop and sniff at something, you're supposed to have a cue that tells them something like, let's go or, 
I don't know, come on or something to have them stop sniffing at that, you know, that tree. Come on, let's go, Meandril, stop it. (laughs) And then you're supposed to have a different cue, like get running or move it when you want your dog to pick up the pace. So I guess the deal is the more information you can give your dog about what you expect, the better the dog will be at responding appropriately, which is, you know, you're managing your expectations with your dog. Yeah. 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 So, and then it's really important to build endurance with your dog. So, um, you know, I'm sure Cherie, you're not planning on just being like, okay, we're going out for 10 miles. Let's do it. So, you know, just like as us human runners need to build up our endurance canine creatures need to as well. So start with shorter distances and then build from there and, you know, um, um, be really cognizant of the, of the heat, um, and the surface you're on. I mean, I've sometimes, Tim, do you ever see dogs with the little, um, they booties? Look, booties. Yeah. <laughs> because of hot I was just thinking, I, I'm like, she's thinking hot pavement. Yes. Yeah. I usually see them in the snow over mm-hmm. heat, right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mm-hmm. um, but yes, they, and the funniest is when like, you see like, uh, a, a dog Instagram account and they put the booties on and they don't really like, they're like picking up their feet, you know, like yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> they don't know what they're doing. Like, why do I have these things on my feet? Um, And the one thing that I think is interesting, too, I remember talking to Molly, um, your BRF, about this, who's a veterinarian. You know, dogs aren't meant, like, if you see a dog run, they very rarely jog, right? They're Mm -hmm. either, like, full sprint after a squirrel or they're walking, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's, I mean, so the endurance thing, I think, is is particularly important, um, because that that whole like just get into a steady rhythm and go for twenty miles or I mean not twenty miles twenty minutes or whatever like that isn't something that 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 they're like I mean they can obviously do it like it's mm-hmm. not like they're not incapable but it's not it's not their genetic you know um, disposition they're so kind of like turn out toddlers they, yeah they're kind of like toddlers yeah yeah <laughs> so obviously carry some water you know if it's too hot for you it's too hot for the dog basically mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. you know and and you know. But yeah, good luck with it. Let us know how it goes. I want to hear how I want. I want to know the dog's name too. Oh, I know. And here we've been calling it a he just because we have male dogs. So yeah, sure. <laughs> um, so we don't mean to stereotype. Um, so all right. And then this question is from Julie in Ridgefield, Connecticut. Hi, Sarah. This is Julie from Ridgefield, Connecticut. Um, I just finished a training run. It is seventy-eight degrees and very, very humid. And I was wondering, um, I got goosebumps while I was running, and I've always been told or heard that this is a sign of dehydration. So I was just wondering, given um, all of us running in these hot and humid summer months, um, some advice about preventing and treating and signs of dehydration and whether that is um, actually a sign or whether that's a wise tale. Um, thank you for your podcast. You've definitely kept me company on many a long run, um, especially during quarantine. And um, thank you so much. So I was originally drawn to this question because my sister is named Julie and she lives in Ridgefield, Connecticut. So, so in Google Voice, which is where the questions go, you can see a little the first little snippet. And I'm like, oh my gosh, my sister's totally pranking me. <laughs> <laughs> But no, no. Not your sister though, different voice. <laughs> yeah, no. So not my sister. And, uh, but I was really intrigued by this question as I've never noticed that I get goosebumps, Paul, running in the heat. Dim, have you ever had this happen to you? Have you heard of this? Um, I've never had it happen to me while I'm running, but I will come home and be oh, very yeah. cold. Oh yeah. Um, I've, 
I've been thinking about this question ever since doing up these notes. And like yesterday, I was like, oh, okay. And I'm about 20 minutes out and now I have goosebumps. So, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, good. good. So, so you have had it. I mean, like it's, it's, I mean, that, that change in temperature, I mean, we'll, we're going to talk about it in a little bit, but like sometimes like standing for a hot shower after I'm all sweaty, like I get, I get super cold or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, but that's definitely not what's happening here that to this Julie, she's getting them while she's out there. And so then I dug around and it turns out that in, yes, indeed, this is not an isolated case that getting goosebumps while running in hot, humid weather is a sign for concern. Um, so it means that, you know, when you're out there, you're mile, you know, four or five, whatever it is. And you, if you get goosebumps, then, um, you know, it's, you get a feeling of chills, get goosebumps, and that can be the first sign of heat exhaustion. Um, and so, um, yeah, so that, you know, as we know, you know, you produce sweat so that it evaporates and then that, that evaporation process cools is designed to cool your body, to regulate your body temperature. But, um, like when dehydration or climate or humidity interfere with that, um, it's called the natural perspiration response you experience a state of stress similar to having a fever. So if you're, you know, your body's producing all this sweat, if it can't evaporate off of you, it can kind of just, the, the heat's just building up. And so your core temperature continues to rise. And in that case, you might begin to notice goosebumps and chills. So yeah. what should you do if yeah. that happens to Julie again? Yeah. So stop running immediately. Um, you can walk. That's totally fine. So um, as long as no further signs of heat exhaustion, um, which would be kind of, you know, I think like clammy skin, um, uh, nausea, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's best if you can rest in a cool shaded area or cool, that's a relative term. Um, definitely if you can get into the shade and then hydrate with water or sports drink like noon, and then, you know, to take kind of precautionary measures before you head out, wear lightweight, loose fitting clothing, some people say preferably light colored, wear a hat or a visor, choose a shady route to run on, you know, so try to do things that will mitigate overheating. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then um, going back to the dehydration question that you answered or asked at the beginning, mm -hmm. uh, Julie, I mean, the best, like the most official way is to do a sweat rate test, mm -hmm. um, which is basically like weighing yourself before and after a run. Um, and you know, in conditions that you want to know about. So obviously like, you know, how you sweat in August is going to be different, how you sweat in mm -hmm. October versus March. Um, and so basically that, you know, you want to either have, um, just weigh yourself naked before you go on a run, mm -hmm. um, go out and run. Um, don't either don't drink any water for an hour or, mm -hmm know how much you drink. Like if you drink 16 ounces, that's a pound. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and then come back and weigh yourself. And that's basically like your sweat weight for the mm -hmm. sweat. That's so hard to say sweat rate, um, <laughs> for the, for the hour. So, um, that's pretty, I mean, that's, you know, a pretty crude way of doing it. Um, it's, but it's basic, but it works. So mm -hmm. I would say do that. And then just, you know, I mean, definitely hydrate prior to going out, hydrate with, um, sodium, like something like noon or some coconut water, um, hydrate really well when you come back, um, and then eat, you know, stuff like cucumbers and watermelon and peaches and, you know, all that, you know, you just all the hydration stuff that you already know that you need to do, um, mm -hmm. and see if that helps keep the goosebumps away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I would also suggest consider getting a hydration pack because 
you know, sometimes I think some people think of them as something like, oh, ultra runners wear those. And, you know, I see more and more people wearing them just on, you know, around town runs, or maybe they're running ultra in Portland. I don't know, but it just seems that more kind of, um, recreational runners, let's say, are wearing them because it's so easy to then you have your water right there with you. You don't have to hold it in your hand. And you, because of the little tube that has the bite valve on it, you can just sip, you know, that four to six ounces of water every 20 minutes that you're supposed to be taking. But come on, that's pretty hard to do if you're going to be like, oh, okay, glug, 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 glug. So that, you know, by having a um, hydration pack, it's a little easier to hit that goal. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, these were great questions um, and we need some more. So please call in with your questions at 470-223-2771. Please give us your first name and where you're calling from. And uh, make sure to give us your dog's name too. All right, Shereen? <laughs> uh, messages to 90 seconds or less. Yeah, yeah. If you enjoy our podcast, please suggest your, to your friends on social media that they should listen um, so for example, share a Facebook post when we promo this show or regram one of our Instagram posts about our every Friday podcast, you know, that it'll seem like really organic, even though we're asking you to do it. <laughs> and, uh, we really appreciate you spreading the word about our shows. So keep the questions coming. Cause we are always here with answers. <laughs>